Welcome to the IMTS Monthly Podcast Series, brought to you by the International Manufacturing Technology Show 2016. Uh, Rochelle's not going to make it. She's, a, she's stuck in a meeting, uh, actually just a few blocks away. I'm actually right here in Washington, D.C., over in Tyson's Corner. I had a meeting with AMT and IMTS yesterday, uh, get, you know, working on... All the projects, man, lots of stuff going on uh, this year and next year, getting ready for 2016. But uh, I want to thank you for joining me. This is Steve Miller. For those of you that don't know me, better known as Kelly's dad and marketing gunslinger, and I'm here to to help you. We come back every month. You know, it's really been uh, it's been several years now, uh, and uh, it's been several years that we've been doing these monthly webinars, and uh, and it's really been a great experience. We've got a great archive of webinars. Uh, that are saved up, and uh, if you have been joining us over and over again, we appreciate that. If you're new, well, welcome. Glad to see you here. Uh, just to let you know, a uh, couple of couple of things here uh, that uh, let's see that I will be uh, recording, or I am recording this session, so that uh, we will be archiving it, just like we do all the other ones. So you can uh, you can either save it for watching later or share it with other people if, if you want. And also, if you notice, like down below, there's the Q&A section right down there. And what periodically, I will be going like this. I will be going, putting my glasses on to, uh, see, <laughs> uh, to see what the questions are. And, um, you know, and uh, we'll, uh, uh, um, you know, and, and uh, do, do my best to answer your questions uh, as, as we go. Uh, I did get a question saying, uh, will I be joining on the phone? I am on the phone, as a matter of fact. Uh, and uh, uh, so I'm not sure why somebody is not hearing me, but uh, um, if you, uh, but a lot of people raised their hands saying they could hear me just fine, so I'm just going to have to keep going. Uh, if you, um, uh, uh, if you do have a, a, other questions, then go ahead. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. What does it say? The call-in number is still playing music. The call-in number is still playing music. Not sure why. Let me see. Um, you guys should just be in mute. Is all it is. So you can't hear me on the phone. Um, you know, unfortunately, because Rochelle is not here, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. So those, uh, uh, I'm going to have to just. You know, tell you to go, uh, well, they can't hear me, so there's nothing I can do. Sorry, can't do anything about the people on the phone. So um, uh, I'm just going to send a real quick message to these guys. Um, uh, can't help, okay? So, sorry. Uh, let's see, go online. Let's see if I can send that out to everybody That uh, so hopefully you guys can see that. Okay, so uh, anyway, let's get to, let's get rocking and rolling here because we want to talk about uh, the topic that we do want to talk about. Obviously, is uh, is identifying your branding uniqueness. Now, um, for those of you that uh, uh, and I'm going to be talking about speed branding. For those of you that did download the speed branding um, report, uh, thank you very much. I hope that was helpful. I'm going to be talking about that here uh, in this session. Uh, be talking about a couple of other methods that you can use to uh, get yourself started. Uh, I should explain uh, and uh, reinforce to probably what a lot of people already know, and that is that it's really hard to teach branding in one hour. I mean, you know, we can talk about it. We can talk about all uh, some different methods and things that you can do. Uh, um, branding is a difficult thing 
to do, but it's really, really important. But it's it's important uh, in in many ways uh, for reasons that uh, might be beyond what what you normally think about. Uh, and uh, as a result, a lot of companies they might say, "Well, yeah, branding is important uh, to us, but it's re you know the the perception that they have is branding is something that you know Fortune 500 companies do." And they, you know they get into their logos and their artwork and and the collateral material and the way that they present themselves to the world and to their customers, uh, and um, and smaller companies might be thinking in terms of well it, you know branding you know we don't really need to be paying attention to branding from that type of perspective and so therefore we don't really need to spend a lot of time on it uh, and as such uh, a lot of small businesses that I work with. Uh, don't really put branding very high on their on their strategy, okay? On their list of, of things to do for their business strategy, uh, and even more important uh, is that they they don't um, they don't necessarily even put that much time into thinking about their branding, and uh, and in fact, from my perspective, and, I, and, and I've worked with. All sizes. You know, I worked with the Fortune 500 companies, and I worked I worked with a lot of small businesses, as well. In my opinion, branding is as important, if actually not more so, for smaller businesses than it is for the mega corporations. Now, and a lot of it has to do with uh, how much money you have, right? And uh, to spend. And I don't think you need to spend a ton of money on branding, while big companies do, uh, but I also think that there is a different type of uh, perspective to take about branding. I'll talk about that here in just, in, in just a minute. So uh, if branding is not really high on your, on your business strategy list, then I'm going to encourage that you rethink this and start, and start thinking about pushing it up a little bit higher on, on your list. So let's talk about why you need branding and why why you need to have in what I would call the branding uniqueness okay and which is because we want to help you identify or at least start to start to take the steps towards identifying your branding uniqueness uh, number one which I love okay is that when you really come up with a good idea for branding or you know you come up with a concept that really fits with your company that you can then use as uh, in your communications and use in, in delivering your products and services to them, uh, everything uh, that you uh, do with your company, it gives you an unfair advantage. I'm not interested in, a, in, an, in just an advantage over my, my, comp my competitors. I want an unfair advantage because I want something that is going to be very, very hard for them to copy, all right? Uh, I want it to be... Uh, I want my branding uniqueness to be memorable, so people do remember me when they need to. All right, I, and it should be meaningful. It should it should make a meaningful promise to your customers. And in fact, that's exactly what your branding proposition is: is that it's a it's a promise to your customers uh, of sort of how you're going to you know work with them, of what they can expect from you, what you're going to kind of deliver to them, and how you're going to do it, and how you are different from everybody else, and why is that important? To, why is that important to them? And then ultimately, like I say, it it helps to make you uncopyable, because 
uh, when we compare ourselves to the competition, if the comp if w if we go out and we say, you know, we say things like uh, um, we've got great. Let me let me see. No, let me. I'll back up here. I'll get to it here in a second. But when we get to things where we talk about quality, when we say, oh, we have great quality, we have great service, things like that. Um, well, you know what? That's exactly what your competition is saying. So you want to be able to say something that your camp your competition literally cannot say to the marketplace. And that's the branding proposition, which I think is so important. Now, uh, you know, this, I, I was on a flight um, a couple of weeks ago. I was on Alaska Airlines flight. And and on that flight, uh, they had, na you know, the napkins for the drinks and stuff like that. And I noticed that this, this is the napkin. I took a, took a picture of the napkin. And this is, this is essentially what Alaska Airlines, this is, these are the reasons why Alaska Airlines is saying that I should fly them. They're saying that they have a great mileage plan. They, you know, they have great service. They have, you know, mobile technology, in-flight Wi-Fi, um, you know, uh, you know, different things like this you know artisan quality i'm not sure what that i'm not even sure what that means right but what they're what they're saying here is okay steve here's our napkin here's our list of uh uh of why uh you should do business with us and and you know and the uh the, the and when i look at this i think to myself okay what other airlines can make this same promise uh, and the answer is pretty much all of them can make these same promises. And so it's not like this is exactly a very meaningful, specific reason for, for me to do, do business with Alaska Airlines. Now, I like Alaska Airlines, and I think, I think they're, they're a fine airline, uh, but they're not, they're not offering me something that I can't get somewhere else. Now, unless this artisan quality thing is, is something different, but they're also now starting to use verbiage that maybe not everybody totally understands. The way that I look at this is, um, is, uh, is like, it's like I, I, I look at, like, like in our head up here, we have a, like a little warehouse and in, in this warehouse is literally an infinite warehouse inside our brain, so to, so to speak, uh, of boxes. And every one of those boxes represents something, a word, a phrase, an experience, uh, a name, uh, or, or anything like that. So like if I were to say to you, um, roller coaster, well, the little guy who is in charge of your warehouse is now all automatically, automatically, right now, that, that little guy is running back into the warehouse at, at lightning speed and grabbing that box that says roller coaster on it and come running back out and he's setting it down in front of you and he says, and, and he says here you go, everything that you, you think you know about roller coasters. Every experience you've had with roller coasters, everything you've read, everything you've heard, everything you've seen is in this box. And in this box is everything about roller coasters. And, uh, and, and so, so what we want is we want to create our own box. All right. So like, for example, another example, like, let's say we think about motorcycles. If I say motorcycle to you, you know, Little guy just runs back there, grabs his, grabs the box that's labeled motorcycles, brings it out, sets it down, and you look and and you're you start looking through that, and everything that you think about motorcycles is in that box. Now here's the thing: if you are a manufacturer of motorcycles, well, do you want to be in that box? So like if you're Honda, your Suzuki, your uh, you, you know Yamaha, all these all these different. Uh, you know, BMW, all these different companies that manufacture motorcycles. Well, 
if you are all in the same box, then, you know, there's a lot of sameness going on in there. And, you know, if you're competing in that, you know, in that marketplace, well, you don't want to be in that box. So the example that I use when I talk about motorcycles is Harley-Davidson, because I believe Harley-Davidson has really done a fantastic job of getting out of that box, and they've actually created their own box, so that, so that when you think of motorcycle, you might think of all these other guys put together, but when you hear, the, when you hear Harley-Davidson, they've actually created their own box and put their own things in that box that help you to connect with Harley-Davidson in meaningful, emotional, important, congruent ways that if you are the type of person that fits the profile of the target market for Harley-Davidson, then you are going to want to do business with them. But they are doing everything that they can to separate themselves very distinctly and uniquely from the other motorcycles. So, uh, you know, everybody, you know, those of you that do ride Harleys, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you, you know, you have an emotional attachment to the Harley-Davidson. You're, you're, you're part of the hogs, the Harley owner groups. Uh, you probably have paraphernalia and souvenirs and things like that that relate to Harley-Davidson. And so Harley has done everything that it can to not be in the same box with everybody else. So that you don't, you don't talk about Harley-Davidson in the same sentence with Honda or Suzuki or Yamaha or these, these other ones. Harley-Davidson is, is in its own box, and that's exactly what we want to do. You know, when you think about the competition that you're up against, you do not want to be in that box. You know, when people think about what you do, or, or if they think about your company name, you don't want them to think about your company name in the same way that they think about everybody else. If they see you as similar, the same, uh, uh, not a lot different from the competition, then you are not, uh, um, you're in that same box. And you don't want to do that. You want to create your own box. And so, there, are, and that's where the branding proposition comes in. It's because your branding proposition is, is the promise that you're making to your marketplace that separates you from the competition. So what the question that I ask is, what promise can you make? What, what can you promise that you can and you will deliver that no one else can? And if you can identify what that is, then you can start to, de you can start to determine that branding proposition. Now, you know, you know I talked about uh, a little bit earlier about um, branding, you know, and people sometimes look at it like they say, oh my gosh, it's this big expensive thing to do. It's hard to measure, which in fact, yeah, in the traditional way of looking at it, it is a little bit hard to measure. Um, I'm actually working on a, a how to combine branding with referral marketing so that it does become very, very easy to measure. But, but let's just not worry about that right now. But there, there are, in my opinion, four different ways of looking at branding, two of which are very common, okay? And the two that are, that are uh, common, let's see if I can get this up here, hello, uh, is, is number one is your branding symbols. So the branding symbols would be typically the uh, icons, you know, your, the, the logo that you come up with or the uh, logo type, maybe the type style that, that you use for your company, uh, that is the branding symbol. And yes, for sure, there are big businesses out there who spend tremendous amounts of money hiring these companies to develop their, their name, 
you know, the branding symbol uh, for them, the logo, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to develop this stuff. And most of us, you know, we don't have that kind of budget, so we, we, we can't really do that. Uh, the second common way of, of looking at branding is, is your branding tools that are typical. And when I say the branding tools that are typical, I'm talking about, you know, your business cards, your letterhead, um, maybe if you have a physical place of business, the signage and things like that. And those are the common perspectives or perceptions people that, that a lot of companies, a lot of people have about, about branding. The, what I call the uncommon are the branding proposition, which I've already been talking about, the branding proposition, and the branding anchors and targets. And this is what's going to separate you from the competition is developing a branding proposition that is unique uh, and then developing branding anchors and triggers that will help to send that message to people, anchor it in their minds, and then trigger them to think about you when, when it's important. It's sort of like this. It's like if your customer is out there, um, your prospect is out there, and you might be talking to them, but they're looking at you, and they're and they're looking at your competition, and their question, you know, and and they want to know is, do you have any distinctive capabilities that are different from your competition? Do you have any distinctive experience that might be different from your competition? Maybe you have a breadth of knowledge, or even a depth of knowledge about a uh, about their business about their industry about their problems their needs their you know you know um, you know the the challenges that they go through on a daily basis you know maybe you understand them better than somebody else does maybe you have a better product or service portfolio uh, than than the competition or maybe you have something like a unique personality that other uh, the, the competition does not have. Uh, in a lot of ways, and you'll notice that in a lot of ways, when you know when when we are dealing with, um, you know, businesses are typically dealing with tangible tangible products or intangible products. And when you think in terms of of uh, uh, your branding capabilities, like for the most part, for companies who are dealing with tangible products, the branding proposition really kind of centers around the intangible part of the delivery to them. I'll talk about that here in just a second a little bit more, but but the unique these are these are the types of areas that you want to look at in, in your company and in your people as to how can you separate yourself from the competition. Of course this is easier said than done. Uh, but but ultimately the idea is that when the lightning bolt comes out of the sky, strikes your uh, um, strikes your customer or your prospect on the head and all of a sudden they go, oh wow, I really need this product or I need this type of product or I need this type of service, is do they think of you first, do they think of you second, do they even think of you at all? And really what we want is not for them to just remember us, but for really is that we're the only ones that they think about. And that's that's what we want to do. So let's talk about three diff three different types of methods uh, on how to do this. Uh, that uh, um, you know are, are various ways of approaching. Uh, you can use you can use any of them uh, individually, or you can use them all together. And there are other met methods to do, do it too. But these these are the ones that I want to share with you today. Now the first one, which I you know I talked about earlier, is speed branding. Now speed branding is something that I developed for some for uh, some customers that really did not 
uh, that number one, they didn't have the budget to get into big, long, you know, you know, many week uh, um, probing and diving and, you know, and talking and, and, you know, all that stuff, right. Of putting it all together to really come up, uh, to, to come up with, uh, um, a, a, a branding proposition. Um, not that you really have to do that quite frankly. Um, but speed branding is something that I said, you know, we can sit down in a day and hopefully pull this all together, uh, you know, and, and come up with an answer for you that would be, be more than good enough from a branding proposition perspective. Uh, and those of you that downloaded the, the report, you, you know, you're going to see some of the stuff that I talked about in the report. Those of you that did not get that report, if you still would like to get that report, then I'm going to, you know, at the end of the program, I will give you my email address. All you got to do is send me an email uh, and I'll pop the report uh, off to you uh, in, in an email. That's no problem at all. But step number one, pretty simple, easy to say, hard, it uh, might be a little bit difficult to do, but is to pick a word or phrase that really speaks to your business, okay? So, uh, you know, I said earlier that a lot of times we say things like, oh, you know, you look, you, we, we say, oh, we have top quality and we have the best customer service at really fair prices. But again, uh, everybody says that. And if that's what you're saying, then you are not separating yourself from the competition. Now, I went out and, you know, I looked at the list of people who are, who are registered for the program today. And, uh, and I cheated. I went out and I looked at some of your websites, okay, because I was looking at, okay, what is it you're telling people? What, what is the promise you're sort of making to people as to why they should do business with you? And, and I grabbed some of the, the phrases that, that were out there. And I want you to take a look at these and, and see what I'm seeing here, okay? Now, I, you know, I did, not put any, I did not let anybody's name get in, so and did my best to make sure that it was, uh, you can't tell exactly who the company is, unless maybe you are that company. You might be able to recognize it. But here, for example, okay, is that Triple X company builds the best quality tool at a fair price, okay? That's their promise. Now, if I'm if I'm a prospect and I'm reading that and I'm talking to other uh, uh, to the competition to other possible suppliers for me, all right, what makes this statement to me want to do business with them versus anybody else? You know, the answer is it's the same as what everybody else is saying. Uh, here's another example, straight off the internet. Okay, we make every effort to build an employee base of people that truly want to make the very best quality parts possible for you. Really? You know, you make every effort to build an employee base? Are you, are you saying that the competition, they don't make an effort to, to hire people who, who want to create quality? You know, and to make the very best quality parts possible for you? Are, is this the reason why I should do business with you? Um, or how about this one? And I actually kind of screwed up the, the copy here, but it, it should say that the X, the X Innovative Process Development uh, and unequaled product support combined to deliver profit-making solutions for our customers' needs. And that's kind of a busy, busy sentence here, but okay. But it's, they're saying they're innovative process development and unequaled product support. Well, that that's a that's a promise, but there's no proof. There's no proof to any of this stuff. And then again, it's still the same thing that, that everybody else could say. But let's 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 think about it this way. What is Volvo known for? Okay, they they are known for safety. That's their word. They're known. They they are the company who builds 
safety into cars. And so when when we're getting ready to shop, if if we've got a new baby, right, and we've got you know you know young mom and you know new baby or something like that at home, or you know, and and we want to make sure that when they're in a car, they're going to be really really safe. You know, you know when when you think of safety, you think of Volvo, okay. And even though other companies can you know, and do, you know, you know, uh, suggest that their, their cars are very safe. Volvo owns safety. They own that phrase. Um, Disney, when you go to Disney World or Disneyland or, or any of the other properties that they've got around the world, you know, they have, their, their phrase is, you know, welcome to the happiest place on earth. You know, come here because this is the happiest place on earth. And, uh, you know, you can think about all the other um, amusement parks around, uh, things like that. See, they can't say that because Disney has now owned that, and Disney does everything that they can to deliver happiness. And and when you get ready to go to Disney, the, you know, and you take and you tell the kids you're taking them to Disney. I mean, it's like everybody gets excited. They're all very, very, very crazy. Um, uh, you know, about going to Disney. Uh, and uh, uh, I have a client. Uh, in the industry, they might even be on right now, you know. And I'm going to give you a little, some, give you some props here, Micro Ridge, uh, uh, small company out in uh, Sun River, Oregon, beautiful Sun River, Oregon, and uh, uh, and their promise that they came up with is they are measurement collection specialists, you know, that can they connect any gauge into any software. Very simple thing, but they they're saying to them, you know, they uh, uh, the competitors that they're dealing with. Uh, you know, offer a much broader range of products and services. And Michael Ridge is saying, no, we're specialists. You know, it's sort of like the doctors. You know, like when I went in for my knee surgery, okay, I didn't go to my general pr practitioner, to my, my family doctor to get my knee replaced. No, I went to an orthopedic surgeon. And I didn't just go to an orthopedic surgeon. I went to an orthopedic surgeon who was a specialist in knee and hip replacement. That's who I went to. So they, they're, they're identifying and declaring themselves as specialists and that they can connect any gauge into any software. So they're making a very, very specific, very meaningful promise. And if this is important to, to customers, then that's, then they're going to, they're going to get the business. And, and, you know, and I'll throw mine in there as well. Okay. For me, I want to uh, be un copyable that's what I that's what I want to teach people is is to be uncopyable and so I tell I say okay I'm gonna help you become uncopyable and that's the promise that I'm gonna to make to people as well so when I talk about words you know the thing thing to do with words is to uh, you don't have to just sit down and start coming up with a list of words because sometimes that's harder that you know easier said than done uh, what you can do is you can go uh, online, you can you can just do Google search uh, descriptive adjectives, descriptive words, whatever you want, and just start to go through. There's some really big long lists of these things on on the internet, and just start going through and pulling out words that you feel are uh, reflect your company, your attitude, your approach to uh, uh, building products, to uh, customer service, everything like that. And it might, you know, like here, like I say, here's a list of words that I just went and grabbed and, and brought over here. I mean, is and do you see yourselves as dependable? Do you over-deliver? Are you fun? Are you maybe quirky, friendly, sophisticated, experienced, tr you know, trustworthy, diligent? I mean, look at all these things. Problem solver, 
you know, specialists, I already referred to micro-ridges as, as specialists, thorough, unique, knowledgeable, uh, uh, you know, every one of these words by themselves is different from the other words. And if it's a word that resonates with you and your company, then you say to yourself, okay, all right, so like in Microridge's uh, case, you know, they are specialists, all right? They don't do it all, they're specialists, and it's, that's the word for them. Are you conscientious? Are you, are you thorough? Okay, and what does that word mean? And how can you reinforce that word and that message to your customer base? You know, and and again, of course, it doesn't have to be just a word. It can be a uh, um, it, it can it can also it could also be a phrase. You know, like I say, the happiest place on earth. You know, is is a is a phrase. But you want to sit down and start to go through and see if you can narrow down the words. But you notice these. But you want to try to take words that you can then reinforce that you can then back up with proof and action, okay? So that the more specific the word is, uh, the, the better. See, the word quality is not specific. Uh, and in fact, I would argue that quality is the ante to be in the game these days. You know, if your product uh, doesn't have high quality, uh, well, then you got a problem right out of the box, right out of the box there. If you're, if you feel that your product has the highest quality, it has higher quality than, than the competition, well you have to be able to prove that. And you have to be able to show to your customer base that that, that the higher quality is also, the difference between the quality of your product versus the quality of the competition, is that you, you have to be able to show that that difference is meaningful to them. You have to be able to explain that to them. If all you say is ours is better than theirs, and they go, okay, how is it better? And you start to describe it to them in ways that they go, well, that's not important to me. You know, their product is good enough. See, then you got a problem. So your product, so, so the differences that you're coming up with uh, have to be meaningful. If you say that you have customer, the best customer service, what does that mean? You know, customer service is a very vague phrase. Customer service, you know, good customer service, it, it, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder. Everybody has a, a very different perspective. Their box, the box they've got that says customer service on it, you know, it has lots of different things inside of there. So you have to be able to explain it to them as to why this is important, why this is meaningful. And the more specific that your word can be, uh, then the better, the better you are. Okay, I think I see a question. Let me just, here we go. Steve's question. Question or a statement. Yes, sir. Fastest tractor in the world is Volvo. Well, that's good to know, Chris. Mr. Kaiser, thank you very much. Really? That's cool. You know, and do they promote, I, I imagine they probably promote it that way too. Could be. Um, so again, like again, to reinforce what I was talking about, you know, how different is your promise from your competitors? So that's the first thing is to pick a word, pick a word or pick a phrase that that fits with you, that fits with your company. Step two, and this might sound a little bit odd uh, for a lot of you. If you read the speed branding thing, you you saw it, okay? But I have I've found this to this one to actually be kind of a uh, secret weapon, so to speak, a secret weapon, and that is to pick a color. Now, like for example. I were to pick, if I were to show you this color and I were to say, okay, what company does this color uh, represent to you or what company do you think this color means, I would venture to say that a lot of you would be able to, would be able to pick out that this is 
Coca-Cola's red. Now here's it you see, and, and so when Coca-Cola does their ads and their commercials and packaging and everything like that, it's it's this is the Coca-Cola red. Uh, you know, you could probably guess this one pretty easy too. This is IBM blue. That this is the exact color that IBM uses uh, in, in their logo. And unfortunately, this is the color that so many other businesses now. This, I think it's something like 60% of Fortune 500 companies basically use the IBM blue color uh, because they sort of feel like uh, they're gonna. Uh, I don't know the halo. The 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 the. the they're going to be dragged along by the uh, uh, strength of IBM uh, by being blue. And a lot of people will say, well, blue means trustworthy and everything like that. Well, yeah, but everybody's blue. So, um, you know, I guess that means everybody is trustworthy, okay? Um, here, this is Starbucks green. You know, they're very, very big on pushing their green. Uh, you can't, probably can't see this one too well, but believe it or not, this is UPS brown. What can brown do for you? But I think that color can be a very powerful tool for small businesses. I mean, it's it's part of the branding for the big businesses, no question about it. You know, Coca-Cola is very, very insistent uh, when dealing with their supplier, uh, their own suppliers, their own customers, anything like that, that their color is exactly, exactly right. Um, but color can be a really powerful tool for for emotionally connecting your audience, your customers with your company. This is pretty much my, uh, you know, I call this adventure orange. This is the color, color that I use. And when I can take that color and I can see like, so for example, every time you see me, I'm wearing orange right now. Okay. Now I can't always find a shirt that is the perfect match to what I would call the adventure orange. Do my best. But, but the bottom line is, is that I I try to connect orange with my business so that my customers, even when they see the color orange, and I've been doing this for a long time now, for, for over 20 years, uh, and, and to this day, now people see orange and they think of me. And they automatically assume that I'm going to be wearing orange. They, they, they just know that I'm going to be wearing orange. And so then I try to connect that word or that, that color with the word or phrase or or congruent phrases that uh, are meaningful. So in, in step three, you take the word or phrase that you've got, you now, t you know, you combine it with the color, you now apply it to as many things as possible relating to your business and communications and actions with your with your customers, and then you just blast them with it. You just kill them with it. So, uh, like, for example, okay, uh, so, you know, some of the words and phrases, you know, I, I say I want to be uncopyable, 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 different and uncopyable. So when, you know, using my, myself as the example, so in my efforts, I have to start thinking, okay, if I'm telling people I'm different and uncopyable, well, then all of my behavior and my actions have to also reflect that as well. So you notice, like even you know, even right here, uh, you know, where I put my name, I say AKA Kelly's dad. If you get an email from me, the sig, you know, it's going to say uh, it's going to say Kelly's dad, and then it says marketing gunslinger. Now, if I called myself, if I said CEO or president, you know, or owner or something like that, is that different from the competition? And the answer is no, it's not.
But calling myself Kelly's dad does a couple of things. Number one is that it makes it makes it very clear that I am different from the competition because nobody's going to call it. You know, they can't call themselves Kelly's dad, or they they can't even call themselves, you know, uh, uh, Mary's dad, you know, or Billy's dad, or something like that because that is now copying what I'm doing, and every, and and the marketplace would know that. So it's hard to copy, all right? Uh, uh, marketing gunslinger is even even the phrase, even that word gunslinger. I don't, don't say consultant. I don't say advisor. I don't say speaker or anything like that because that's a, there's a lot of those, right? There, you've got a box that says consultants, and it's labeled consultants, and I don't want to be in that box. I want to create a new box that says you know gunslinger or something like that. Uh, that that's what I want to do. And I use the color orange. It's on my business card. Now, see, now, see, here's something that's really important. See, again, when, you know, people will say to me, uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, you know, what makes you different from the competition? They say, oh, well, we're, we're obviously different from the competition. Yeah, you know, everything we do is different from the competition. I say, really? Show me your business card. And they get their business card out, and, and it looks exactly like a competitor's business card. I go, no, that's not how this works. You know, you have to walk the talk. If you tell me you're different, if you tell me you're different from the competition, I have to be able to see it easily, and it has to be meaningful. And it has to be congruent with the message you're sending to me. You know, so you know, uh, you know, uh, I I take this with me throughout. Those of you that have seen me speak before, whether on stage or here in the webinars, you know that I always close with you know a picture of Kelly saying thanks, thanks for listening. Like I said, when I when I'm speaking, when I'm presenting, when I'm consulting, when I'm out, you know, working with my clients and and uh, the marketplace, I'm wearing orange, okay? Because that's that's what's you know I want them to connect the color orange with me and my promise, my branding proposition to them. If you know those of you that uh, subscribe to my newsletter, uh, you know when. You know, when the newsletter comes out, and it's a real newsletter, it's not, not an e-letter, you know, it's not one of those things that everybody is doing now, okay? You know, in-the-mail newsletters is different. And also, when it, when it arrives in your mail, it arrives in a big orange envelope. So everybody knows when the orange envelope arrives, it's Steve's newsletter, or it's something from Steve. Uh, you know, when I send gifts to people, when I say, you know, when I visit them or if I do some work with them and I want to send them a thank you or something like that, it's always orange. But it's also, it's not just, it's, it's not just, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I will work to try to connect what I'm sending to them with my message uh, when, I, when I send it to them. So, uh, so you want to think, so uh, for small businesses, this is an extreme, you know, and I say it's kind of like a secret weapon. Because if you can grab a color and you can own a color in your marketplace, then every then the competition can't really use that color. You know, you know, people can't really come in and try to compete with me uh, uh, and use orange. You can't. You know, Pepsi doesn't try to compete with with Coca Cola by using by using red. Pepsi uses blue. So. Uh, uh, you know, and anybody who would be competing with IBM for anything, you know, for them to use the IBM blue color is basically saying to people, go buy IBM, right? Because we're copying their color. So if a color can be a very, very powerful way for you to uh, uh, send out your send out your branding message. So like I said, you combine the phrase with the color. You apply it to everything that you got, whether it's the, what you wear, you know, the 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 um, the look and feel of your of your business, your collateral material, everything, 
and then you go out and you just blast it to your customer base and you just continue to blast it to them over and over and over again. And I call that speed branding because you can sit down and you can come up with these this, this thing pretty fast, you know, less than a day, uh, you know, w without, without too much difficulty and then go out and, uh, uh, and really make it work for you. Uh, the second method that I want to talk about uh, is to study unrelated companies that you admire and you might want to emulate. Now, for example, I often hear when I'm talking to people, they'll say, oh, we're, we're the Nordstrom uh, of the oil and gas industry, right? And, uh, and I'll say, well, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean? Well, you know, Nordstrom, you know, they're, they're known for, you know, great customer service and all this sort of stuff. I say, well, so you tell, and they, they're telling people that they're the Nordstrom of the you know, of their industry, right? And I say, well, how do you show that you're the, you're the Nordstrom? And they don't really know. They just say stuff like that. So, see, so the thing is that, like, if you want to be like Nordstrom, then you want to study Nordstrom and ask yourself, how can we emulate them? So what is Nordstrom known for? Basically, they're known for two things and two things only. They are known for the 100%, no questions asked, money back guarantee. That's you can take anything back to them, and uh, and it actually doesn't even remember. Uh, it doesn't even matter how long it's been since you bought it. They will. They'll take it back. They'll give you your money back. Um, uh, they also are known for world class customer service. Now, here's the interesting thing, is that they have. They see. It's. It, they are not known for customer service. They're known for world class customer service. So now you got. You basically got two things going here. Is they've got a. Um, a 100% money back guarantee, and they're saying, and 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 they're known for world class customer service. But you see, now they have to actually deliver on this stuff, and they have to reinforce it to us. So how do they do that? Well, they help spread the myth. That's what they do. You might not know this, but that's what they do. So, like for example, my daughter uh, um, took some shoes. Uh, she 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 took some shoes that she had bought from Nordstrom. Um, or no, she had a pair of shoes that she bought from Nordstrom, and she'd had them for about three or four years, something like that. She loved the shoes, but but she couldn't couldn't wear them because she said every time she put them on, they hurt. And she loved the shoes, and she just couldn't get you know get herself to throw them out or anything like that. She went to Nordstrom, and she told the story to this saleswoman, and she said, "Yeah, I've got to get another pair of shoes to replace them because they just hurt when I when I wear them." And the woman said, "Well, bring them back. You know, we'll give you your money back." And Kelly said, no, 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 I've had these for like three or four years. I'm not going to do that, you know, and I've worn them, you know, and even though they hurt, I've still, I've still worn them. Stuff. And the woman said, no, we want you to bring them back, and we want to give you your money back because we, because every time that you see those shoes and every time you put them on and they hurt, you think of Nordstrom, and we don't want that. We don't, we don't want that going in your head. So please bring them back. We really want you to bring them back. So now there was an example of both of those being put together. Okay. 100% money back guarantee and world-class customer service. She says, you know, she took care of my daughter. You see, and so now my daughter has shared that story over and over again. I've shared that story over and over again. It's part of the myth. You know, you might've heard the myth, you know, the, the story about the guy who returned a set of tires to the Anchorage Nordstrom several years ago. And got his money back, you know. And the fact of the matter is that Nordstrom uh, doesn't sell tires, never has sold tires, and so this is part of the myth. But you see, trust me, Nordstrom helps spread the myth. They help 
get stories into the mainstream. Their salespeople do things and are taught how to share those, you know, how to talk to customers so that the stories are spread. So they help spread the myth of world-class customer service. You see, you see stories in business books all, all over the place. You hear them in speeches. You heard it from me just now, okay? So, you know, they help spread their myth. How can you do that? How can you follow Nordstrom in their path? Some of some people will say that they emulate they they would want to emulate Apple, you know, and how Apple is different and how they, you know, how they think different and their design is different and the way they come up with ideas that that customers didn't even know that they had, you know, they needed. Uh, you know, be, before that. But then there are other people who will do the flip side. They'll say, well, I'd rather be more like Microsoft. See, two very, very different companies, very successful companies, but very, very different in in their their promise to the marketplace. And, you know, and you might have companies like Disney and Southwest and Rolls-Royce, Zappos, Ben & Jerry's on your list of companies that you admire. And the thing to do is to sit down and say, okay, why do we admire them? What exactly do they do that we like so much? And you want to write down words that, that, that define, that describe these businesses and uh, stories and, and what do they do to reinforce, you know, uh, the messages they're sending out there. And then ask yourselves, okay, can we do that? Can we use that same type of approach? Can we use those same words to describe us in our marketplace because you know we're, you're not going to be in any of these marketplaces you know can you can you emulate uh, a company that you admire outside and bring their branding proposition back into your world and then send that out to to your customers as well so how would you behave see if you were a disney or how would you behave if you took the southwest airlines approach or how would you behave if you were rolls royce you know to do this uh you know what would you say to your customers that that is the promise that you're making to them based on what you've learned from these others. So that's the that's method number two. Method number three, which is uh, um, also a great little way of doing this, is to do deep interviews with your customers. Not just not, not just cursory interviews, but deep interviews with your customers. You know, sometimes you know people will call up their customers. Oh, hey, you know how you doing? You know. Uh, hey, I was just wondering, you know, uh, you know, why do why do you do business with us, right? Oh, it's because you have great quality and you got great customer service. Okay, thanks. Click, you know, and that's what they do. And then they and then they quote those those people on their on their website. See again, those are vague generalities. You know, you have great customer service. So what you need to do is a deeper interview. When you're talking to your customers, you you want to uh, go deeper. Ask them, you know, okay customer service. Can you give us specific examples on why you say we give you the best customer service? You know, what what have we done that helps that actually helps you to define that in your mind? And so you're not only looking for examples because you want to share those examples. Those are the stories, much like the Nordstrom stories. You want to share those stories. But if you can get those specific examples and you can start to, and you ask them how they would describe you to their friends, and you get those words, you start to look for common words and phrases that you can then pull out. So like even if even if the word is even if the word is quality, but you can prove the quality, or even if the word is service, but you can prove the service through very specific examples, unique examples 
then you can start to paint a better picture in your customer's mind. So the Nordstrom world-class customer service has been defined in the customer's mind by the stories, by the myth that has been developed out there for, for Nordstrom. I have one client, uh, and I believe they're in this industry as well, uh, that uh, um, we went out and you know they, I had them talk to a bunch of their customers. And one phrase that they kept hearing over and over again, and they manufacture cab uh, tool cabinets. One one phrase we heard multiple times was, "This is the best tool cabinet I've ever bought." Well, there you go. Okay, the best tool cabinet you can buy, right? Now that's a big promise. So how do they reinforce their promise? They steal from Nordstrom, and the reinforcement is, if if you are dissatisfied with this cabinet for any reason, you can return it. Anytime within the next 55 years, 100% money back guarantee, no questions asked. All right, you know, we we kind of laughed, and I said, I said, you know, why why did you say 55 years versus uh, you know lifetime or something something like that? And he said, well, it's different. He said, I think 55 years is long enough. It sort of gives the picture, you know, it's the impression that it's 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 lifetime, right? But it's still, but it's also different. And I laughed. I said, "You're exactly right." So they promised that you will get from them the best tool cabinet you ever bought, and it's guaranteed 100% for 55 years. You know, and the and one of the ways that he reinforces the message to to the customer base is that he has his son, who I and I can't remember how old his son is, young son, in there. And he says, he says, "Look, I'll you know if you bring it back in 55 years, I'll be dead, but my son will be here." To give you your money back. So again, reinforcing, reinforcing that. And he, but they got it from listening to their customers. So again, like I say, one of the things you're looking for is meaningful specifics, not vague generalities. So the vague generalities are the typical phrases, words and phrases that your competition use as well as you. You need to come up with, with something that is much, much clearer, much, much more specific. You want to, you, you also, uh, in many cases, are going to need to have proof to support your promise. Okay, it's very, it, you know, not all of us can be, you know, like Apple Computer and be so different and have such unique design and such, you know, create, you know, um, new types of products. You know, the iPod, when the iPod came out, it, it just smashed the industry, smashed the music industry as far as, as far as nobody had anything like this. Uh, and, you know, now they're trying to do the same thing with watches. Uh, so, uh, you know, not all of us have the ability to do that. Uh, so we have... You know, we have to come up with proof to support whatever promise uh, that we are giving giving to them. So you see, think in terms of your own box. Get an empty box. You know, you know. Sometimes uh, I've had, I've even had clients go out. They'll get a box. They'll put it on their desk, and every time they look at it, they ask themselves, "Okay, what can I put in that box right over there? Okay, right, right over there. What can I put in that box?" that is different, better, superior, hard to copy from my competition? And then how can I communicate this to my marketplace? What types of words and phrases, what color, what, what examples, you know, what proof can I stick in there that my customers will now start to see me totally different? Because now you want to, you have to walk your talk. And that means 
Everything about you has to walk the talk. Everything you say and do reflects your branding proposition. You know, how you answer the phone, uh, uh, you know, how you dress, how you, uh, the first impressions that people have with you. And remember, every single time somebody, you know, uh, every single time they call your office, even if they've been doing business with you for 20 years, every single, single time they call, it's literally a first impression again. I mean, they might have an expectation, but it's going to be a first impression. If they have an expectation for something and it's incongruent with that, uh, with, with that expectation, then it might be negative to them. You know, last impressions are also very important. You know, in Disney, uh, their, their Imagineers, when they are designing their parks, uh, they, they have two things that they, want, that they work on very, very hard. One is first impression, one is last impression. And, and the way they look at it is the first impression, they want their first impression for, uh, of all, all their guests to be an awesome arrival. That's what they want it to be, and then when you and then when you leave the park, they want it to be a fond farewell, and and so that's how they that's that's how they design the experience for you when you come there. Every experience that a customer or prospect has with you has to walk the talk. It has to it has to reinforce the promise that you are making to them. All of your collateral material must do the same thing. So like again, like I, I talked about, like your business card. Uh, you know, is, does your business card walk the talk, or does it just simply look uh, look like everybody else's? And I, I use business cards as the example because, boy, that's just, um, you, you know, uh, business cards are such a powerful communication tool. Uh, I can't tell you how powerful they are. They they really, really are a powerful communication tool. Not so much, not maybe so much advertising, but more of the branding proposition. Is that is that it is, uh, you know, if if you've made a promise to the people and your business card is incongruent to that, it's very very clear. The souvenirs that I was talking about earlier, you know, not not just from me, but from everybody else. You know, like for example, Harley Davidson has lots and lots of souvenirs, right? That's what they are. These are the anchors and triggers that they use to reinforce the message, solidified message, to anchor the message, their branding proposition. You know, you you part you're part of the Harley owners group, you're a hog. You're going to join us. You're going to be you're going to be in there with us. There's uh, there's a client I have back in in uh, Pennsylvania, Easy Solution. They're a managed service provider, which means that they help companies with their websites, they help them with their servers, uh, you know, managing their servers, everything like that. And so this is a this is an area that a lot of people are very uh, um, you know uneducated about. You know, you know we don't really know that much. You know, we sort of see it as like like IT. Oh, IT is this. These are these people that are over there that that I mean they understand stuff that nobody else understands, right? And uh, and the owner of the company said, you know what, you know let's try to take the you know one of the things that we're going to make promises to our customers about is that we're going to take the mystery out of IT. You know, if you put your servers in our hands for us to manage for you, we don't want we don't want it to be uh, uh, mysterious or anything like that. So the owner, Tom Malasik, wrote two books, and one one relating to uh, websites and developments, things like that. One was what he called, you know, what your web developer never tells you. And uh, for IT, he said, what your computer guy never tells you. So in his promises, he's saying, we're going to help you understand this stuff. And to reinforce it, he wrote two books, uh, and he gives those out to all of his customers and all his prospects as ways to uh, reinforce that promise and that branding proposition that he's that he's made to them. You know, Southwest Airlines claims that they are different, and they say, "Look, we're different." Uh, you know, when you fly with us, we're different, and and everything that they do uh, um, 
at the airport and on the airplane reflects that. You know, I often I often say it's really it's kind of funny that even though I don't fly Southwest that that often, it's funny because I get on and it's like the the flight attendants actually want to be there and they're very excited to see you almost all the time. I mean, I mean, I don't actually I can't think of any time when I when they didn't seem that way. And they're the fun airline and they do fun stuff, you know, and they uh, they they make it a, a better experience and they turn the planes fast, you know, much faster than any other any other airline. So, you know, so they. And they talk about that. They say that they're the fun airline, and uh, um, and they do everything that they can to help to, uh, to help send that message out. Okay, but like I said, you know, this is hard. I mean, no question about it. I mean, you can do some. You know, you can do a simple branding uh, exercise in your office with your team. The, the speed branding exercise, for example. Um, but there, but it is hard. It's hard. It's hard to do uh, because it must be specific. Whatever promise you come up uh, for your customers must be specific. It cannot be, uh, um, you know, uh, it can't it can't be vague. Uh, it must be easy for them to get. In other words, they've got to be able to understand it very very quickly. Uh, it must be provable. Okay, you must be able to show evidence that that proves that to your uh, customer base, and it must be meaningful to them as well, and different and different. So uh, I would say this though, that, that I want to, you know, I'll end by saying that, that this does, it does take courage to do that because you, because in developing, just like developing your strategy, okay, it's kind of like you're picking your battle. All right. You're picking your battle. You're not all things to all people because not everybody is going to like your promise. Not everybody's going to, not everybody's going to, going to want it. Uh, and that's okay. It takes courage to step out there and say, "This is who we are. These are the, this. This is what we deliver to you, uh, and uh, here's how we prove it to you." Uh, and that that does take courage. So, uh, how different is your promise from your competitors? Well, you can go find out. All right, go do the exercises. You'll do this. How meaningful is your promise to your to your customers? And how hard is it to copy? And if you just say you provide good customer service, that's that's vague, and everybody else is going to say it too. So, okay. So, uh, um, so let's open it up for some questions. Got a few minutes left here to uh, answer any questions that you might have uh, for me. Um, uh, while I while I uh, wait to see if there are any any questions, and of course I have to put my glasses on, put my cheaters on. Um, that uh, uh, um, if you want to get that speed branding. Um, uh, report. Just send me an email, Steve at theadventure.com, and uh, I'll be happy to just pop. I'll just uh, send that back to you very, very quickly. Okay. Uh, what if the business you you work in deals with a great deal of proprietary technology where customers wish to remain anonymous, and it is hard to cite specificities? Um, well, I assume that what you're talking about is that you're saying that that that, that all your customers are like that. Well, if, if all your customers are like that, well, then you might be able to um, uh, you might you might not be able to get quotes from them uh, uh, to use. And I'm not necessarily looking for for you. Don't always have to have to get quotes. Uh, and you just tell them, look, we're not. I'm not going to quote you, but I I want to know. You, you're trying to get uh, um, words and phrases from them. Uh, that uh, that are specific. You're not going to share that stuff 
with other people, and that's really that's the whole thing. And if you um, and I have worked with customers, uh, I, I have worked with companies who have that issue, but it's more of the issue that they they don't want their name used, and that they don't want um, uh, you know they they don't want it all shared outside, and that's okay. That's okay. I would, but I, but I go to them and I say, okay, um, give me some examples of what we, what we've done for you, uh, and then I look for a way of just kind of, kind of being a little bit more generic and 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 uh, um, not communicating their name to everybody else. I understand that. I understand that, and and uh, you try to uh, find a way that you can posture it and phrase it um, that they that they're not identified. And, uh, and that they can't be identified. It's a, I understand that's a, it's a little more difficult. It probably would actually take a little longer conversation to, to uh, uh, come up with that. But that's the, the, unfortunately, that's a, that's, that's a really great question there. Um, let's see, what about multiple colors? Um, uh, multiple colors. Now I, um, my, my perception is uh, one color is best, two colors is okay. Once you get past two colors, uh, then you run into problems, uh, and even two colors can be can be hard because because again, like I say, you want people to relate directly. You want to relate that color directly to you, okay? And if you use multiple colors, well, you know, then what you're saying to them is every color represents us. So um, so uh, so I try to find a primary color, you know, for my clients. Uh, sometimes it'll be a primary color and a secondary color. You know, like school colors, for example. A lot of you know, most school colors uh, are have two colors, and you see these two colors. You know, when you see orange and green, it's Miami. All right, uh, but when you see just orange, for example, um, people will look at me and they'll go, oh, "You Tennessee? Are you Syracuse? Are you uh, Oregon State? What what are you?" Right, and depending upon the geographic area of, of the country, they relate that color. Uh, to them, but uh, uh, but yeah, there are. I think you can use use up to two colors uh, as as a combination. Um, <laughs> um, all right, Chris, I'll talk to you later. Um, what would you recommend for a new company? Not, I'm not sure. I see. Uh, let's see. Not not a market for a new company in a market. Well, you know. You're coming into the if you're a new company coming into the marketplace, you believe that you are different, uh, and so why? What is it you're bringing that, that is different from the competition? I mean, essentially, that's why companies come in. They, they they companies get started because they are bringing something to the table that they think they can they can do better uh, than the competition, um, and uh, they will. Uh, uh, so so what is that reason? You know what is it? What is it you're bringing into the into the marketplace? Now you notice I didn't talk about price, and and the reason why I didn't talk about price is that is that the vast majority of us we have no interest in you. You should have no interest in competing on price. And in fact, by doing a branding strategy and and coming up with a branding uniqueness, um, you are actually you are actually showing the marketplace that um, that you are so different, so better than the, than the competition that price is not an issue. Uh, the price should not be an issue because you're getting something from us that you can't get from the competition, and so that might and and so uh, might might uh, um, call for a, a premium price. Um, you know, it's it's very few companies that can survive on price competition. Uh, so you need you 
even even a new one coming in into the industry, you still have to have a promise that you are bringing to the to the marketplace that is different from what the what the existing companies are providing out there. So uh, let's see what else. Anything else? Oops, I see we're past time, so I'm going to cut it off. I'm just going to say that if you do have other questions for us, then uh, feel free to, uh, uh, for me or for anybody at IMTS, obviously, uh, you know, we're getting, can you believe this? Like, we're only, we're, we're, we're like 14 months away from next year's show, and, uh, you know, we're working on this thing like crazy right now. Uh, uh, thanks, Michael, you're right. Yeah, the hard part is just doing it, that's for sure. Uh, but if you have questions about IMTS, obviously you can contact them uh, through the uh, email and numbers that are set right there. But if you do have other questions for me uh, and you want to get a copy of the speed branding, then pop me an email at steve at theadventure.com and I'll get it taken care of for you. So I'm going to pack it up right now and head to the airport, fly back home. Uh, and uh, appreciate you guys joining me again today. This is Steve Miller, better known as Kelly's dad. I'll see you on the internet. Bye, everybody.